and it's taking healthy poop and inserting it, which is an old farming technique. For thousands of years, farmers have taken the poop of a healthy cow to save their herd when they get sick by transplanting it into the sick cows. So it's old. It's old medicine. Let me take it a step further. Anyway, to clarify, though, is it it's your own poop? Yes. Or a healthy donor's poop. It can be a donor. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lauren Live, the spirituality and health podcast. I've got Joyce Dales with me, the founder of Buzzagogo Nasal Swab Remedies. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I was just chatting with Joyce and I was saying we haven't had anything on the show just like this. So this is going to be perfect new information. We're going to talk all about um, the nasal biome, um, natural wellness, her company, of course, why she started it, what it does, what it helps with, viruses, all the things. So we have lots to talk about. Um, Let's dive in. Tell us, you know, how did you find yourself in this niche? Like, how did you start this company? Well, it started because I, 15 years ago, had the experience twice of being told someone I loved was immunocompromised. So I was kind of living in that COVID space that we've all been living in for two years where all of a sudden every cough and sniffle was bringing terror (laughs) to my life. So I decided I was going to do something about it. I was a, I was a new mom. I had just adopted my baby girl from Vietnam and she was my first uh, child and she needed emergency open heart surgery due to agent orange. So her heart was completely backwards um, and they needed to give her a full pulmonary graft. Apparently the type of defect that she had there is rare, is so rare that we would have sent her to New York or Boston or San Francisco, you know, someplace where they do this surgery and there's specialists in her surgery. And in Hanoi, they were doing 20 a month. Because here we are five decades later and they are still farming that land. And that is a forever chemical like glyphosate. It is a forever chemical. Unless we go in and scrape two feet of topsoil off of the land, they're going to continue farming in that soil because they have no choice. They have to survive. So, yeah. So that was um, that was my impetus for starting this company. It was my desire to protect her and do something about it. That's incredible. Wow. Okay. So you had this idea. How did you come up with it? Like, did you, I think I read something like you were making it in your kitchen or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Cause I grew up in rural Maine. I grew up in poverty where you make everything for yourself. Okay. So imagine me in rural Maine, my grandmother had an old country store with the pot bellied stove and the hunters would gather around every morning. There was always a deer hanging out front. She made dandelion wine and honey and pickled everything. So my, also, I, I think, I think coming from that background, I've always been sort of personality wise, like, don't tell me there's no solution to something. Cause I don't believe you. And so the, when we went to get my daughter, um, and her name is camper, we, we were calling her happy camper in the middle of her emergency heart surgery. And I said, if she survives this, her, she's coming home, her name, she's going to be camper. Uh-huh. So we were going to pick up camper. And, um, at that time there was a new uh, remedy out that was a, basically a nasal swab. And I loved it because I'm a big baby about neti pots. I'm a big baby about sprays. Every time I used a spray, I got a more severe sinus infection because you send bacteria forcefully higher up. And a neti pot just felt like I was waterboarding myself. I was a school teacher. I was getting sick every month. So when we went to get her, I was like, oh, I need my nasal swabs for this trip so I don't get sick. Well, they were pulled from the market for a hurting sense of smell. 
for destroying people's sense of smell, which happens, you know, there's always issues like that. But what fascinated me is why a nasal swab, why the nose? And I started to dive into learning everything I could about how, what we've all learned in the last few years, germs colonize in the nose. Your nose is your first line of defense to your entire immune system. 99% of the time we get sick when we touch anything above the neck and it travels to the colonization zone, latches on to the receptor cells there, passes its code to our cells. And then within one to 14 days after a dormancy phase, our cells begin to replicate that code millions of times over and you start to get the, the tickle in your throat or the tickle in your, whatever your tell is for the first mm-hmm. beginning of your cold. And I was like, that was really empowering information. It was way past, hey, just wash your hands. Right. It really made me feel like, okay, if 99% of the time, I, if I just stop touching mm-hmm. above my neck when I'm out of my house with my dirty hands, just assume that your hands constantly have cold or flu, then you can really make a dent. Mm-hmm. So when I mm-hmm. learned that this, you know, that the nose was the hub of viral replication and infection, I started to think about it like, okay, what can we, can we do something about that? And can we do it without hurting the nasal mucosa without harming this delicate? It's like the vagina. It's like the mouth. It's a delicate mucosal system and it's designed very intricately to do a specific job. So that was my, that was the start of it. And I, for me, being a lifelong apotherapist and loving all things honey related and being obsessed with the topic of super honeys in particular, for me, the solution was, well, what about honey? Can honey do this? Can honey do something about being antimicrobial and, but also feed your biome and support your flora in your nose, because that's the other critical component. Your nose is supposed to be full of beneficial bacteria. It's in order to do its job. So every other product, I started looking on the market for anything that did the job, prevention and um, relief, nothing. Everything had sodium benzoate, alcohols, chemicals, or something that would compromise the cilia and completely compromise your nose's ability to do what it's got to do. So that's when I started doing the honey in mason jars in the kitchen and trying to formulate and handing jars of honey to everybody going here, shove this up your nose (laughs) and saying things like it's better to be sticky than be sicky. You know, I'm trying to convince anybody to try my stuff. And, uh, and the feedback I got, I gave it to one of the teacher's lounges locally, and they all got back to me by the end of uh, the first semester. And they're like, you know, we're, we're getting sick half the amount of time we normally get sick. Or when we're the only one that didn't get sick. Or I had a one-day cold, or I could breathe through my nose the whole time. Something positive. Right. So that's when I, I thought, oh, I'm going to sell this at farmer's markets. And that's when I learned that, no, you don't, you can't do that in the United States of America. If you're making any claims and trying to be a medicine in any way, shape or form, and honey is not a recognized medicine, you have to become an OTC pharmaceutical. And the only path to that was through homeopathy. Mm -hmm. So I began working with a homeopathic doctor and within gosh, two or three years, I had my first product ready to sell. Wow. Oh, what a yeah. cool story. And I should have, I, I meant to acknowledge that what an amazing story about your daughter. I'm glad, obviously I'm assuming the surgery went well and, and she was healthy. Yeah, she, yeah she's uh, going to be 15 on Halloween amazing. and she is an, an athletic competitive oh, swimmer. Oh gosh, She's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. What a great story. Um, and then through that, you're able to make something to help other people, which I just love. Um, yes, I love this topic because I, I joke, I am like a germ phobe and I've been trying to get better. I have a, a daughter and another one on the way. and It's forcing me to get over my fear of germs because as we all know, toddlers and babies put everything in their mouth, touch everything. And it's been like, it's been like therapy. It's right. It's like, um, exposure therapy for me. Cause I mean, I, we're just, it's around us. It's part of our life. And 
you know, I will say my mom, mm-hmm. to give her some credit, she has always told me, do not touch your nose. Do not touch your eyes or your mouth, or your face. That's how you get sick. She's always told me that. So when you said that, I'm like, that is such a good tip. And, you know, we always had a rule, like when you come home from being in the public, like you wash your hands. So just simple mm-hmm. things that can really help reduce. But um, nonetheless, we still sometimes get sick. There's airborne or whatever. Um, so that's amazing that there's products like yours. I do want to talk about the honey, because I've been using this new product that has Manuka honey. It's a hand cream. I had some really bad dermatitis and eczema during my pregnancy and it it really helped with the itching and honey is so amazing. I learned that's only food that doesn't spoil. That's right. I mean, there's natural yeasts and molds in honey. I mean, but they can't grow. They cannot proliferate. It's bacteriostatic in that it doesn't allow the environment for those things to sure. proliferate to proliferate to the level of hurting you. Yeah. And like if you have it so, in your cupboard for like yeah. a couple of years, like it's not going to hurt you to like eat it, but it's so cool. Um, and it's, yeah, it's got so many good things for our immune system. So I love that you're using that. Um, and I really am a believer of just like nature provides us with remedies. Like you said, like there are so many, there's an answer. There's something out. What did our ancestors do before pharmaceuticals? Right. 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 My grandmother used to say that if it happens in nature, there's a solution in nature. So we just haven't found it yet, or it's just big business and it's controlled. Mm -hmm. The narrative's controlled around the subject. For me, the moment I was told there's no cure for the common cold, not that I'm making curative claims. My attitude was it's just big business. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, don't tell me we can't put a dent in the misery Mm -hmm. and do something about it. The science around how we get sick is not mysterious. It's actually really well understood, but they like, to create an era of mystery around it and that you can't no one else can touch that subject unless you're a big huge corporation yeah so um so going into that space as a business person was a huge risk huge risk because they could not they'll come at you all the time yeah but you know what i think we just had our very first recall actually the fda forced a recall on us for algae be gone for uh, one batch in 2020 and it was for mold and yeast levels that Oh, for instance, if you eat, if you have honey, the, the level is 2000 mm-hmm. and, uh, and 200, there's two levels, 2200. But if you just put the honey here on the corner of your nose, they want it sterile. They want it mm-hmm. below 200 and below 20. That's very nearly impossible mm-hmm. to achieve. But how many times did like caveman handle honey and pick sure. his nose and everything was fine, right? right. Yeasts and molds are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you said something interesting earlier about being OCD. I'm very OCD, always have been. It's my, I decided I'm no longer a germaphobe, I'm a germophile. I'm going to mm. consider it like a superpower. <laughs> so one of the best things people can do is when you come home, wash your hands, take your shoes off, drop your keys and don't touch them again until you leave and yep. clean your phone. Yes, Spray your phone do. down with isopropyl alcohol or something, wipe it down. That right there is, is more than half the battle. And if you're not touching your face while you're out and just treating your hands, like they're always infected, that's the other half of the battle. So, but I don't overly clean my home. People always like, my family's always sort of like teasing me about my OCD. And I'm like, yeah, but my home's not pristine. I consider my home, my biome, my bubble. And I like it to be not pristine. I mean, it's neat and clean, but if my kids are rolling around on the floor and making out with the dog on the lips, I, that is, that is how we build our bio. Right. That's normal, right? That's not how you're going to get a flu. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And if they're out at the lake playing in the water, I don't feel the need to shower them 
just to, you know, when they come in the house, they just let mm. mother nature build your biome. But I think allowing children to be sick, a children on average get 11 colds a year. That's almost a cold a month, if not more for some kids, if you include strep and other infections, that's a mis. People are like, oh, well, they got to build their immune system. That's a miserable way to spend childhood. Yeah. You can build your immune system with micro exposure to those things without mm. needing to be sick constantly. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's true. You make good points. Yeah. I feel like we're very, this is like perfect for me because I'm so like that. Like people that know me, they're like, well, what about your daughter in the dirt? And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I love it. Like play in the dirt earth. I have no problem with those germs. It's like public, like grocery Human conveyor germs. belts and like nasty things that never get cleaned. Right. Like that's the kind of stuff. But yes, I love, I love this conversation. Um, well, yeah. because mother nature, here's my theory about the village. If we were living in a small village, if you think of everything in your life as a biome from your body to your home, to your town, to your, you know, your biomes, the rings that go out normally under normal circumstances, we would be involved with our immediate family members, maybe of a community of hundred to 200 people. We'd see each other on market day, but because of the global world that we live in, I don't know that mother nature really expected us to touch the doorknob at the airport that 5,000 right. other people touched in a yeah. week. That's over challenging what we are capable mm. of overcoming. So I don't think it's being OCD or germaphobe to have survival strategies for that in place. Okay. Otherwise your kid's going to be sick every month. And how miserable is that? I'm going to say that now people are like, Oh, Lauren, just relax. But because I'm like, I do, I do, I clean the phone when I come home. I'm like, tell my husband, don't touch your keys. You just wash your hands. Now you're touching your keys. Like I can't, but you know, I, I understand too. There is an element, there is an element of like, if you stress too much about it, that also the stress can be like harmful to our bodies too. So it's like, you just make some easy decisions. Don't touch your face, wash your hands. Like, and then that's good. And then you're in a relax when you're at your home. But, um, I think a lot of people just aren't aware of those. I see people out like, touching their in the eyes and I'm just like oh my gosh like don't get because you're gonna get sick touching yeah your face. Ah. so I love it when I see people eating like well one of my friends used hand sanitizer handed the menu read the menu was like this yeah and then licked their fingers yeah. and I was like no enjoy your flu I can't right there I feel like I'm like Seinfeld like I notice every little like thing like that that's so mm-hmm. funny yeah but somehow most of us we're we're good we make it but there are people that are sick and this is a more in-depth topic because there's a lot of reasons we're sick too there there are a lot of chemicals we're exposed to there's a lot of this goes you know too deep for our hour conversation our foods are very toxic there's a lot of autoimmune and crap going on people that are more you know uh, compromised mm-hmm. because of those things are getting sick more so there's a lot of elements to this but at least some preventative steps your remedies help with that you know I think um, well, your terrain, your, our terrain's compromised. I mean, our food, our air, our water is all compromised. So, despite our best efforts, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm 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 not a petite flower. I mean, I spent the first twenty years of my life drinking Coke like it was water. Well, we didn't know, and so yeah. I compromised my biome doing that. So I have to, you know, great. I may start eating paleo. I may start running and exercise and do all those things correctly and try to heal my body, but that is such a long-term process. What can we do right now in yeah. these little things mm-hmm. to, to protect ourselves without going, like you said, crazy where you right. feel like you're going, Don't do but I do the same thing. I do the touch. I, I'm a touch policeman in my home. Totally. Yeah. If you've dropped those keys, 
baby, don't touch those again. Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yep. It's true. And and it's near impossible to stay away from all the toxins, but we can do our best efforts to reduce and use things like you know, your, the spa remedies and, um, just to help support, right. Support our immune system. There's so many great herbs and things like honey. And, um, that's really cool. So I would be curious, um, what I I know one of your sample questions, um, when I was reading, preparing for the interview was, um, like, why do we get sick? What do you think just out of your, you can take it spiritual or, or, scientific, whatever you want, but what is the role? Like, what do you, why do you think we get sick? Is it because to build our immune systems or, um, is it like an evolutionary thing? Like, what is your opinion? Like, why do we get sick? I think it's just part of, I think it does build your immune system, but I always think of this. It's, I always think of things like this. I think if you, over the years, since I've been doing this remedy, I'll hear from somebody who you know, gets deathly ill on this time, but the next time doesn't. And it's a similar virus, whatever, but if their terrain is compromised by whatever reason, your condition as a biome changes constantly is in constant flux. So I think that your condition dictates your response to the invader. And then I think that the invaders we're really only, we're supposed to be in such tip top optimal health that those invaders just you know, prime our immune system and make us good to go. But based on the condition you're in at any given moment, it might knock you on your ass. Yeah. And that, you know, that's not optimal. And so you have to constantly working on those two things, but absolutely we're supposed to be exposed to viruses because I read one time there was this tribesman, I forget where, like this really old person that had been not exposed to Western civilization might've been in the rainforest. I forget. I read this story and he had immunity to everything when they tested his blood, including tetanus. And this is somebody that just existed in nature, but he had immunity to tetanus Mm. which is not so what kind of micro exposures, mm-hmm. but he's in top shape, right. but what kind of micro exposure did he have throughout his life to slowly build that immunity? I'm not saying I want to be micro exposed to rabies, or something, right? But, but I think that there's mechanisms in the human biome that we haven't even actually yeah. begun to understand. Mm-hmm. So we can only do as much as we can That's do. Fascinating. Yeah. That is interesting. It'd be interesting to see like if you ever, came in contact with some of these people that might like people came into his tribe or something, but yeah, that's fascinating. Um, we don't know. That's the thing is people just don't want to admit that we know nothing. There's so much. We don't know. And I mean, to give our bodies credit, if you're in a, maybe a place like him where you're not exposed to all the toxins that we are, yeah, he probably has a stronger immune system and, and you know, in a lot of ways. And so maybe he could fight something off that we couldn't. It's just, it's, there's so much. Right. Um, what are we capable of if we weren't polluted? I know. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with medical medium. I'm a big fan of his, but that he talks a lot about, you know, like it's a perfect example, like with COVID, right? Like we see one person can get it fine. Another person didn't do so well, even now today with it being less, you know, it's less lethal, thank goodness. And it's less intense, but my husband got it. He was down for like a full day. I got it literally. And I'm pregnant, which is immune compromised fatigue, slight congestion one day, like fine, fascinating. Right. It's, I mean, you know, and I'm not a scientist. I don't know like the strain level of what I got versus him. Like you could go into it and go crazy, but, um, I do think there is something to, yeah, your biome, what's going on internally. We're all so different. And I think that's really Mm -hmm. helped me like drop arguments 
with things with like COVID and, um, we just, there's too much that we don't know and it affects us all so differently. And so I think, um, what are you eating, right? You're eating a lot of sugar, dairy, gluten, those things feed viruses. Someone who doesn't maybe eat as much or, you know, was your viral load already in your body? You know, a lot of us carry uh, past viruses like strep and things that can, you know, are, yep. or heavy metals that feed viruses is all stuff I learned from medical medium. It's fascinating, right? So I think if we can strip clean a lot of those things, but that's a, that's a bigger process. And I do think we're becoming more aware of as a society, which is positive, but that's a really hard change to make. I mean, if you're not oh, even- and look at, they're trying to divide everybody. I mean, they, there's so much division and that mm. is on purpose. Yeah. That is deliberate because we cannot, you know, you can't be a truth seeker if you are censored or if you are, you know, you can't be a biohacker. They've basically turned everything taboo right. in order to control the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think that each of us, as we biohack ourselves, no two, no two of us is going to have the same biohacking totally. journey. Yeah. It's different for everyone. Yeah. We might all have root cause and root cause pro- protocols that we can share. But every time I talk to somebody, I get new nuggets where I'm like that, that, that resonates with me. That's that sings to me. And so therefore I put it into my little book. I'm actually maintain a book of everything I hear Mm. that resonates with me. And even if it's just a poem or something that speaks to emotional trauma or something that speaks to biohacking my body and because you, you can't remember all of it. And eventually it, you start to feel like a person trying to solve a serial murderer Mm. and you've got your mental bulletin board and all those things with red string between Mm. them all. And eventually you will, you'll start to find patterns and you'll build a narrative and you'll build a plan that works for you. Totally. Yeah. It's fascinating, but I think that's, yeah, everyone's just so different. And I think, you know, it's a bummer. Like you mentioned, um, I always say roundup, but it's glyphosate is how you say it. Glyphosate, you know, that's been a big passion of mine. I talk a lot about that on the show. Like just keep trying to spread the awareness. Like if you're not buying Mm -hmm. organic wheat, or corn or rice or any of the main crops, even a lot of produce you're ingesting. Basically think of it as like Roundup, which people are more familiar with. People use it on their yards. I mean, it's super toxic, right? So why do you think we're so sick? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's well, I awful. Look, I look at my daughter, look at her exposure to Agent yeah. Orange and what that changed for her epigenetically. And thank God her body adapted. And, um, and then I look at my father who in the Korean war dealt with asbestos as a pipe fitter and he died of small cell lung or um, mesothelioma. We have to stop using chemicals with such, and well, no, they're never going to stop. You want to hear something that I, I don't often tell people. Uh, one time I did a post on Facebook. It was just prior to the last election. And I had posted, I went to this library where I like to go running when I was trying to be a better person. <laughs> and I was out running and I noticed there was a huge bee die off everywhere around this library. And I knew they had just sprayed. Mm-hmm. So I took a photo and it broke my heart. And I yeah. posted hashtag save the bees, hashtag yeah. glyphosate. All my social media as a business, a verified business was turned off. Mm. I got a warning that until after the election, I wasn't allowed to advertise again. And in order to be reinstated to speak as a person of authority on a topic of national or social importance, I had to turn over to Facebook, my tax records for two years, a letter of good standing from the state as a business, my passport, my license, and one other oh thing gosh. that I had to, had to drag out That's of. That's insane. To a, a faceless person at Facebook got all of my records yeah. in order to, to recover 15 years of hard work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, I mean, that's I the know. kind of thing, you know, I always try to be careful on the show because I don't want to get censored, but like, this is real stuff. 
I talk to people, my friends or people, and they're like, oh, like, I think people are more aware of it now, but, you know, at the beginning of COVID yeah, and stuff, like, people didn't realize, like, censorship, how serious it's getting. And now I think people are starting to kind of see it. And I said, like, I got one of my my videos banned for the doctor. And um, it was, you know, kind of controversial, but um, obviously I'm not like, out there telling people to do stupid stuff. And I was like, okay, I got my first, like, strike or whatever. And, um people are like you did whoa and so i'm like see if it's happening to me and you know me you know i'm not some like psycho lunatic like conspiracy like trying to take down the world it's very real and so yeah you're mm-hmm. talking about bee- the bees literally died like how is that controversial or misinformation like it's wild so yeah i think um we're in a space although we do different things i'm yeah in your world because I'm sharing it. This is what I do is I share people's work like yours and I want to make it a better world. I want people to learn and uh, be open to new information that may not be shared, um, you know, on the other side of the world, pharmaceutical and uh, corporations and stuff. But it is wild time to be alive, but I am happy. There's just so many more people that are opening their minds every day. Look at how many people have learned stuff through COVID. Now I think, you know, had friends that were not talking to me with stuff to do with vaccines. And then now they realize, okay, it didn't really quite work as well as, and as long as we'd hoped. And now they're talking to me, you know, it's just like, it's wild. So I think we just have to be patient with one another, work together. There's so much we don't know, but there's so much we do know. There's amazing tools out there. We're learning, we're growing, people are coming more aware. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to go through these dark periods to open up and awake, yeah. you know, awaken. Well, the pendulum, the pendulum swings way over here totally. and then it has to go way over here. And then we find our middle ground yeah. eventually, yep. hopefully, hopefully, because the, the divisiveness isn't serving anybody. It's, yeah. it's hurting all of us. The only people it's helping is the people who make glyphosate, yeah. you know, hashtag glyphosate gets you banned. Oh my gosh. Why is that? Yeah. But Why? I mean, they're literally having like, this isn't even, it's not even controversial. There's literally been ongoing lawsuits. Like this is public knowledge now this isn't just people like you and me posting about it like this is known this is horrible thank god organic stuff is becoming more mainstream um now mm-hmm. you know you could dive in is it really being monitored as well certain brands who knows but it's a step in the right direction um local would be best local organic of course but you know even like costco i'm so happy they have a lot more organic produce and different options yeah. now like it's happening slowly and it's really great so um Let's hope that that's our new norm and it's not a specialty, healthy, organic, like that's specialty. Let's hope that's the mainstream and the non-organic is the more rare, you know what I mean? Eventually, let's hope that switches with knowledge, but we have to demand it. That's the thing. So buy things like Buzzagogo, buy things like organic produce and bread, because the more that's bought, the more they're going to make it. So it's up to us to demand these changes. It's possible. Um, but it's, it's hard to change what we've been doing for so long. Yeah, it really is. And we have to stop thinking of each other in terms of black and white. Like I used to think of my tribe as my crunchy moms unite, you know, <laughs> crunchy moms unite. and now my people have expanded and changed. Mm-hmm. And there's people that I wouldn't have ever thought would be on my, tri- like all yeah. of a sudden there's, I've got my redneck friends down in North Carolina who I love them to pieces. They are 100% like, let's Joyce, let's start some organic farming yeah. stuff on this uh, half acre. I got over here. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Yes. Let's do that. A lot you know, of like going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yes. It's good. It's an interesting time for sure. Um, very, very cool. Um, I love it. So 
why don't we talk a little bit about your product line? Tell us what you have allergy stuff and you have cold flu, right? Yes. The cold be gone for adults and kids, allergy be gone for adults and kids. Um, they're all good for over the age of one. Any one of my products, if you were on the hunt for cold be gone for adults, buy and you only found cold be gone for kids, get it. Okay. It's basically the same product, just like ex- the FDA requires external packaging change for anything for a mm. child, all safe for over the age of one. Uh, the Algae Be Gone does have added antihistamine homeopathics for that non-productive inflammation, but honeys and specifically Manuka honey and the other super honey blends, they are vasoconstrictors. So they can help with that awful non-productive swelling where you blow your nose and it doesn't get any better. That's what that's there to help with. So yeah, you can buy them any, we are carried in select CVS. We just got picked up by Winn-Dixie, Fresh Time, uh, Oh my gosh. So, so many cub, um, Albertsons in Texas and New Mexico. Oh, and here's the funnest one. Travel centers of America. Oh, good. That's like the gas station where the truckers are off of all the highways is carrying the peds allergy and cold across the entire nation. So So it's in every state. I'm like, all right, way to go trucker. Yeah. That's really good. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we're trying to keep up. It's been a little hairy to go from being a little nobody remedy to all of a sudden I don't people when I talk about the booger biome, people aren't like, you're crazy. No, they want to hear, you know? Yeah, well, they should. It's something real. Yeah. How come no one's ever talked about the nasal biome? How come they have known? Was this a state secret? Probably was. Um, that the nasal biome is responsible for colonization and how severe you get sick and whether or not the sickness colonizes to the degree of reaching your lungs. Why, why haven't we been taught that? All we've been told is wash your hands. Right. Yeah, that is true. Um, okay. So that's the cold side. And then you also have the allergy line, right? Allergy be gone. Yeah. That's got the extra antihistamines for the, you know, if you're just inflamed, but not actually allergies. I didn't used to. So that's interesting. Like what happened in my body or what happened in the earth and I'm sensitive to it, but I get horrible seasonal allergies now. Horrible. And I'm so, I don't, I will refuse to take Claritin or any of those types of things. So I suffer through a lot of it. So this is something I can finally try. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know one of the number one OTC reasons people go to the ER is cold and allergy meds? Mm. That's mm. the biggest thing. And that actually happened to me because the reason I adopted is I have a bunch of arrhythmias. Mm. I've always had them. Um, and I had a heart surgery a non non open heart surgery when I was 28 that sort of failed. Um, mm. so I have a hanky heart and in order to have carried a pregnancy, I would have had to have gone on medicine that could change mitochondrial DNA. Mm. Yeah. And thank God at 28, when there wasn't really that deep of an internet for me to dive into, I knew enough to know that was that sounded terrible. Yeah. I wasn't going to do that. So that's why we adopted. And then we wound up with a heart baby. So obviously the universe delivered her to the exact perfect family. (laughs) So, um, but one time I took Advil, uh, a a medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I wound up in the ER with a horrible arrhythmia. And while I was there, the doctors were like, yeah, people wind up here for all clear, everything, all of the medicines, people with sensitive hearts, really susceptible. They had to cardio convert me to get my rhythm back to normal at 28 from an ordinary OTC. Yeah. And that's the stuff people don't, I mean, yeah, it's rare. A lot of people take it and they're fine, but it it, it does. It can affect, it's read the warning. There's warning labels for a reason. Everybody is different. It affects people. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Oh my goodness. That- yeah, and my heart was susceptible at that time for whatever reason. My terrain was poor, stress, whatever. I I had taken that medicine so it was my go-to and for whatever reason, hormonally at that moment, my heart couldn't handle it. And, um, yeah, they came in and they shot adenosine into my veins, um, which stops your heart. And then they're standing there with a crash cart. Like 20 people came in the room to be entertained by they're about to do this to a 28 year old woman. So they're like, Ooh, let's go see what happens. And I, it was the strangest feeling. I've never told anybody this before in public, Okay. So they shot it into my arm and they told me it's going to stop your heart and reset it. And when they shot it in, the way it felt to have all my heart stop was felt like an electrical shock went down my body. Like one of those filters on TikTok. It went, it was like all my electricity turned off and it started at the roots of my hair and went all the way down to my toes. And I never lost consciousness. And then I went like that. And I woke up, you know, I, I reignited. I was always awake, but I sort of came back and it didn't work. It didn't even work. My heart went right back to being like, so. Oh my goodness. Wow. I just, I had to wait the, the half-life for the medicine to get the heck out of me and just drink a ton of water. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Wow. And then, you know me, I'm I'm the woo-woo. Like I said, that's spiritual. I'm like, okay, the heart thing with you and your daughter and the heart connection. That's really interesting. Yeah, it is because she's like my mini me. There's this um, proverb, a Chinese proverb in adoption that there's a red thread that connects you to me and it may twist around the world Mm. and tangle and tie in knots, but it's always there. And do you know, um, here's another thing I've never, but you would appreciate this. I knew, I believe the moment my daughter was conceived I was sitting in Florida and it was one of those wonderful days when the sun and the moon were out at the same Mm -hmm. time. So I'm out and I'm looking at it and I was like, that is so cool. I love it when that happens. And, um, and I just got overwhelmed with the feeling that my baby's here, my baby's on the planet. And that was exactly eight and a half months before her, she was born, um, on Halloween. So that's so that cool. was her see intuition it's there for us all that's really cool yeah wow you know the night the night i had that cardio conversion the next day i was driving somewhere and it was a gloomy day so it really got to me that i'd spent the night in the er and i was so and i didn't feel good and so i'm driving and i'm going down this curvy side road and I'm feeling down on myself because I'm like, you should be working out more. You should be eating better. What are you doing? You, a cold medicine took you out. You fool. You're only 20 something. Right. So I'm driving and I'm wondering if I should even be a mom. Like, do I, do I have the right to be a mom when my heart is this funky and running down the road is this couple with one of those baby joggers. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's two, I forgot what year it was 2007 or six or something. They're jogging and they look so healthy in the rain. And I'm looking at them going, Oh God, why can't I be more like you? You guys have your act together. And they had a little stroller and I looked down in the stroller and this Caucasian couple had this beautiful little Asian four-year-old in that stroller. And I'm driving by her and that little baby looked dead at me driving by and went like that. And I just started bawling. I went home and I told Jeff, I said, that was my son. Yes, totally. So we proceeded with our Chinese uh, application, which then wound up being Vietnam because China slowed down. Yeah, we had tried to work with domestic. Yeah, we tried to work with domestic adoption a bunch, but they kept falling through. And so that's why we switched to international, because at that time that that was the most stable program. 
Well, and then your daughter was the one that was supposed to be with you. So that's why that's a really cool sign. Yep. She was telling you like, you are supposed to be a mom and you're meant to be a mom and you deserve that. You should believe that. And that's really cool. That's a great story. Gosh. Well, your whole story is just so inspiring and so cool. And I love the work that you're doing in the natural wellness um, world. And it is, you know, I mean, I've used several brands before, different things that are different products than yours. I don't have to say them, but some of them are like honey based and I love them and they work so well. And you don't have that gross, icky feeling, hungover feeling that like others that I won't say that are made in labs that are similar ingredients to like meth labs, if you will. Like it's just, (laughs) you're not supposed to take something to relieve yourself, but then you also have a hangover and feel like crap. Right. So I love that the wellness, um, world is expanding. I mean, do you, what are you seeing in that world? Like you're in it more than I am, but like obviously you're getting picked up in these chains. Like it's, it's becoming more popular. People are starting to believe in it. Um, I mean, what do you think? Like, do you have a, this vision that like at, at some point, maybe we can, most of our products could be like that, right? If, if we demand it, I guess, I don't know. We demand it, but I'm telling you, you know, the retailers are responding to the consumers, mm-hmm. but then the government is working against that and making it so difficult for the natural producers to produce. Right. And then when you find natural products produced by the large corporations, they're just adulterated. They're just there. They're just greenwashing. They might take so, like dye out or something, but it's still got other chemicals or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep, you know, keep up the demand and the retailers, I'm telling you, even though they're also large corporations, they're answering the demand. Every single one of like when Dixie is looking to expand their natural products because People are going in and saying, I want this. And they're seeing what's moving off the shelf. People are taking time to scan and find my little bottle. You know, they're taking time to find that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't do any major advertising. I don't have the ability or the know-how. I'm growing too fast for my own learning curve. And people are just buying it because they it resonates. Mm -hmm. Like they they get it. Like a nasal swab, kids don't mind it. It's not a spray. And it makes sense to them now that they understand how viruses replicate. So, yeah, you know, just if you ask, they will they will meet the demand, especially the grocery stores. I feel that the grocery stores are taking over the space of drugstores because people don't want to go to more than one place for what they need. Right. You know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just so exciting and so cool. And. I know. I'm like, I always try to find the best thing for my daughter, but I'm like, I should be doing that for myself too. Right. So I think we, we just have to try to prioritize our health. And if you're spending a teeny bit more and you can do it with organic or these natural remedies that are probably really similar in price too, just think of the less less chemicals in your bodies, which long-term is going to make you healthier. So these Mm -hmm. quick fixes that we've been, that's a big part of my show too, is just like, we've been so trained and, um, yeah. I don't know, it's just to think a certain way, a quick remedy, you take, you know, I don't want to say the brands, like you said, but you take these things that are just over the counter and they work. It helps your headache go away. Sure. But it's just masking the pain. It's not really, you know what I mean? So yeah. And dire need, I'm not going to shoot down the whole pharmacy. Like, yes. There are things that have saved us all that save people on their mm-hmm. deathbed. You went in for your heart, even though it didn't really work and you had to, but I mean, yes, there are things that work and people that need to be a medicine. I'm not saying don't, and I'm not a doctor, but yeah. 
if you are healthy. Thank God for antibiotics. Yeah. Thank God for medical intervention yes. when my daughter had a compound fracture from skateboarding. Like, thank God for those yeah. things. And yes. I will break down and take a Tylenol or an Advil if I'm about to have a migraine before a very important event like Christmas. Yeah. Like we all do. We've it. all been there. But everyday usage or when you could be using something natural that could help and work. I just think we need to really, yeah, think outside the box and start doing that more because just the chemicals that we're exposed to, it's just way too much. And our poor bodies, we're, that's why we're getting so sick. So um, I love it. I'm going to, um, I'm so excited to try your products. And I've you guys were so nice enough to send me some. I'm so excited for the allergies because that's been something that's been so miserable for me. Um, so I'm really excited to try those. And um, I actually have a code that I get to share too. Um, <laughs> Lauren, capital L-A-U-R-E-N 15. So if you guys are listening to this, we'll put it in the show notes, but um, make sure um, to use that if you want to try the products on their website, because then you get 15% off. And um, can you share like all your, like your website? Do you have social oh, media? Sure. Yeah. And I say I always go to my website because then you know you're getting it directly from me. So www.coldbegone.com and the B is B-E-E like a bumblebee. Um, we also, it's buzzagogo.com. We'll also go to the same website. You can get it on Amazon Prime if you like to use Prime, you know, if you want to do it that, that's fine. And then as far as where it is locally, it's changed so much. I keep trying to do a map for people and failing. So it's a hit or miss there, but you can always email me at Joyce at buzzagogo.com and I'll do my best to tell you if it's local to you. Yeah. Okay. We're, we'll, we'll put all the websites, of course, in the show notes so people can find you. And I'm so excited about your products. I'm so excited about this conversation. Like, like I said, like, we're the same. We're so in line. We're so the same with some of that stuff. Like, I feel like you get me. I'm like, not everyone gets me. I feel like I'm always like this, like psycho germphobe, but I'm really not like I'm, I call myself a functioning germphobe. Like I go out, I don't like, I will touch a doorknob, but I am also the person that will like use the paper towel in the bathroom if I can to touch the doorknob. Right. But you know, Thumbs up. Just, you're a germophile. You're yes. an expert in your field. Yes. Embrace it. It's your superpower because in this world, there's too many, we are, it's too much exposure. So yeah. you have to have survival skills. It's not OCD. It's perfectly. Right. And I don't healthy. have, actually I do have wood, knock on wood. I really don't get sick that often. <laughs> so I have to say whatever I'm doing feels like it's working. So people don't underestimate washing your hands as we all learned in COVID. And um, yeah, it's just such a wild time. And I think it's just nice to have options like yours in such a crazy world. And um I don't know. I'm just, I'm really grateful for people like you and the work that you're doing. Thank you for, you know, cause it, it does, it takes bravery, like you said, and you have gotten censored and it's been hard, but you keep going and we, we just have to, we have to keep going. We can't let the corporations and the, you know, big boys like stomp us down. Like this is real. People were doing this longer than pharmaceuticals were doing things. Like we have to remember that, like what did all the tribes and native Americans and people before that, what were they doing? Yeah, it was different. There were different elements, but I mean, you know what I mean? People yeah. lived in cities before and didn't have this stuff and survived. And yes, they were dying of other things. There's a, it's a whole thing, but we got to, we got to shift what we're doing and we are, you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to biohack the environment within the parameters we're given right now. You're right. Yes. And it's, we're exposed to a lot more than they were. So I think um, anything we can do to help support our biomes as we, you know, have learned the gut biome, our nasal biome like that, those, these things, I mean, it's majority of our health, I think really 
is affected by those things. And if we can treat those things well, I think we'd see a mm-hmm. huge shift in national and world health. But it's tricky. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be a researcher. Break the rules. Be a researcher. Don't let anyone. We have to encourage the vibe of um, keep breaking the rules. Keep researching. Don't let anyone tell you. Don't be Dr. Google. Absolutely be Dr. Google and be aware that your results in Dr. Google are not what they were three years ago. So you have to go beyond and be Dr. Google Sherlock Holmes. And also, like you said, talk to people. That's what I do. I've just... I don't even really, I don't watch the news. I think it's super toxic. I, I like you, I don't have a notebook that I write everything down, but I just, everyone that gets COVID, I just talked about how was your experience? Did you get the vaccine? Did you not get vaccine? I'm collecting my own data, which really we didn't have any prior data. We don't have a lot of long-term data. That's not controversial. It's literally like science. Like we don't, it's a new vaccine. So collect your own data and start making your own decisions based off that. That's the best that we can do. And science is always changing. I think it's always good to continue having open conversations. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. You want to know what I'm obsessed with right now? So anybody that's like you or me, who is an OCD researcher that has to get to the bottom of it and and is never you know always learning, is right now I'm obsessed with the topic of prepare yourself poop transplants. Oh, I don't know. obsessed. I don't know what with that the, is. Really, poop transplants. Yes. Okay. What is that? <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Okay. So here's the rabbit hole I'm in right now. So I think it's fascinating. Poop transplants have sort of been on, on the radar for a while and they got shot down, but there are poop. There was just something in the daily beast, believe it or not, a mainstream site that said, Hey, in the future, we're going to bank our own youthful poop for when we're older, because they're discovering that poop transplants are completely uh, reversing obesity, reversing diabetes, reversing autoimmune disorders. So you would want access to that, like you would your cord blood or, you know, your, your DNA from your, your stem cells. So they've just done tons of studies. There are actual poop banks all over the world. Now it completely cures C diff in people and it's taking healthy poop and inserting it, which is an old farming technique. For thousands of years, farmers have taken the poop of a healthy cow to save their herd when they get sick by transplanting it into the sick cows. So it's old. It's old medicine. Let me take it a step further. Anyway, to clarify, though, is it it's your own poop? Yes. Or a healthy donor's poop. It can be a donor. Okay, so it's like a blood transfusion or your own. Okay. Yeah. Like a young child that has the healthiest metabolism and the healthiest poop. Okay. So that they're discovering when they do it in human studies that the like twins, for instance, and they did it with mice first, they, the obese twin and the thin twin, when they're transplanted over the obese twin becomes thin mm. and it completely reverses the insulin resistance and it completely reverses autoimmune arthritis and all of these things. So fascinating in and of itself. Right. Yeah. So I started learning more about why. And of course, it's just because of the, the variety of strains of beneficial bacteria. And one in particular, I dove, went down the rabbit hole on it was called L. ruteri, lactobacillus ruteri. And it was discovered as one of the only, if not just two, I think maybe just one, human breast milk derived uh, strain of beneficial flora. And it was patented in the sixties. So people can't put it in their formulations now without paying an arm and a leg. So you can never find it in common probiotics, right? L. ruteri. It's a breast milk human strain. And they discovered in studies when they took a floor of octogenarians that were on a surgical floor and gave them 
only L-ruteride, they cut their post-surgical infection rate and post-surgical complication rate by 80%. Oh my gosh. Just in the week prior to surgery. That's a quick response. Yeah. So I was like, that's fascinating. So the more I find about this, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Then further down that lane is why does lactoferrin and lac- uh, colostrum, which are basically it goes L-ruteri, lactoferrin, colostrum. It's just breakdowns of the same thing in, you know, in, in a more complete form. Why are they so beneficial? And they build your gut back up and help your biome flourish mm-hmm. i think it's because l is the root of all those products mm. anyway so that's that's my current obsessive Ooh. five year thing that's i've been a, down that rabbit hole yeah. for five solid years that's why i love yeah. this pod i love podcasts like you never know what's gonna come up thank you for keeping it real and i love <laughs> rabbit holes that's what i love but i mean it makes sense if you think about it blood transfusions it was your own blood or someone healthy um yeah i mean you know, or they go in and they take parts of your tissue from other bodies and it can repair other areas of your body. It can make sense. And, you know, our, our gut biome has all this bacteria. Like it, it does. It actually makes sense. You know, if you're like, initially it's kind of like, oh, but it, it makes sense. And as we know, breast milk is so healthy. Um, a lot of times, you know, I've had friends that the whole family gets sick and the baby doesn't because of the, you know, the immunity in the breast milk is incredible. So Gosh, that patent's annoying because that could be something really cool yeah. to help a lot of us, right? If we could use that. Maybe we just yeah, all need L- to there, start. There's one company There's one company that has L-Ruteri, L-Raminose drops on Amazon that I'm, I love and I wish I could think of the name. Yeah. And I buy vegetarian capsules and I put two drops in and I just take the vegetarian capsule. Wow. And you have to ease into it because you'll take a couple drops and have a die off and be miserable. Okay. And you got to build that back oh, up because okay. your body's like, what is this? Right. Why do you think they patented that in the sixties? That's when the formulation anti-breastfeeding movement began uh, that breast, formula, you know, breasts were vilified. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so somebody smart enough to be like, Oh, the one and only human breast milk strain of bacteria. Let's go ahead and patent that and then vilify it. That's horrible when it should be accessible to all. And we all, well, not all, a lot of women can make it and we should be using it. And we need to start an army. We need to all, whoever is still in that, you know, I'll be in that train again soon. Uh, collect it. Like, yeah, we need to like start a, a thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, my yeah. niece just adopted a baby boy. Um, he's six months old and he came, he was a, a drug addicted baby and she were total solely relied upon those drops mm-hmm. and a bunch of, you know, other good things, but she used organic goat's milk formula. And then she used uh, breast milk uh, donation web boards yeah. and she's been giving that baby donated oh. breast milk and you wouldn't believe the change in it. Oh. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm a fan of gut milk too. I give my daughter that. I don't like really like milk at all, but I I had to give her something I felt and that was what I chose. But wow. Okay, well, that was fun. (laughs) Little little nugget. I'm so glad you're willing to listen to my poop story because I really, I need other moms to do their research and hit me up because I only have so many hours in the day. Right, I've never heard of that. that. See, this is the amazing world of podcasts. You're always learning something new. It's opening your mind. Hopefully people enjoyed that because that was really cool. Um, we were starting with the nasal biome and then now we're talking about poop, poop donors. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, this was so fun, Joyce. Thank you for, for being on the show. I love your energy. I love the conversation and you know, it's hard to compact it into an hour or a little less, but I feel like we covered a lot 
And yeah. um, I'm just really excited to try your products. I hope everybody else is, is excited. And, um, you know, again, we'll put all the information in the notes and um, I'll be posting on my Instagram as I always do when the episode is live. So thank you for listening, everybody. And Joyce, thank you again for all the work that you're doing. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening to my weird stories. I love, I love them all. <laughs> 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 thanks everybody.